RT8K News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines, dancing and live performances will be allowed again in bars and clubs from next Thursday. Health officials say the new COVID subvariant XBB.1 could become the dominant strain in Hong Kong and sources say the minimum wage in the SAR is set to go up to $40 an hour. The government is set to relax more social distancing measures from next Thursday and will allow live performances and dancing at premises such as restaurants and bars. However, performers must get tested, wear a mask if possible and keep their distance from the audience. The Undersecretary for Health, Libby Lee, says the government is also considering raising the four-person public gathering limit to 12. Limit the number of people gathered together is one of the useful measures to limit the spread of the disease. Once the disease is controlled or or the immunity of the public is kind of guaranteed, basically you can slowly release you know, the, the limitations of number of people in gathering. But how quick it should be or what number it should be, I think it's actually tied into the, the same principle of observing the effect of each relaxation of measures. And um, when you say when you see the relaxation of measures, um, the risk of infections could be controlled and there will be space to further relax. The chairman of the Hong Kong Musicians Union, Lito Castillo, welcomed the news about live performances. I'm very happy that the government is going to allow the live performances again, back again. I myself, as a musician, is very, very happy to hear that. I'm telling you, we got already bookings since uh, for, for several months waiting for this to happen. A lot of musicians, you know, as a band, some of them are already starting rehearsing. Health officials say it's possible that the new COVID subvariant XBB.1 could become the dominant strain in the SAR, but there's no scientific evidence to show it will lead to more severe infections. So far, the SAR has recorded 29 cases of the new subvariant. Dr. Albert Al from the Centre for Health Protection says XBB can be more transmissible. If this subvariant is imported into Hong Kong, there is a risk for replacing the BA.5 currently circulating in the local community. We will closely monitor the situation. And according to overseas experience, especially the Singapore experience, when the subvariant, the proportion is increasing, there will also be an increase in the proportion of reinfection and also increase in the actual number of cases. Sources say the minimum wage in Hong Kong will go up to $40 an hour. Both Labour and management say they find the wage hike acceptable, as Aaron Tam reports. RTHK has learnt that the government-appointed Minimum Wage Commission has proposed raising the statutory minimum wage in Hong Kong from $37.5 to $40 per hour. The 6.7% hike is expected to come into a force in May next year if the Executive Council approves it. Reacting to the news, Labour sector lawmaker Chow Siu Chung of the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labour Unions said some workers told him they are happy with the increase. He said the Labour sector hopes the Minimum Wage Commission could even propose raising the minimum wage to $46 an hour. Another union group, the Federation of Trade Unions, said it's reluctantly agreed to the increase after a freeze last year, adding the government should revise the mechanism that determines the minimum wage and revisit the level every year instead of every two years. DAB lawmaker Frankie Ngan said he's not so much concerned about the actual wage level, but how it's calculated. 
He urged the government to calculate the minimum wage with a standard formula that takes into account factors such as inflation and median wage. It will be objective and uh, useful for the uh, business sector and the labor sector to predict what the minimum wage level is. Uh, and it will reduce the uncertainty for the labor market. Mr. Ngan also said the minimum wage level should be reviewed every year. The Minimum Wage Commission is expected to submit its proposal later this month. To the local weather forecast, cloudy periods tonight and tomorrow morning with a minimum temperature of about 24 degrees in urban areas, a few degrees lower in the new territories. It'll be fine and dry tomorrow with a top temperature of about 31 degrees and moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds, occasionally strong offshore at first. The outlook mainly fine and dry again on Saturday, but windy and becoming cooler early to midweek next week. Currently the observatory, 26 degrees Celsius, humidity 73%. You're listening to RTHK, the time's exactly five minutes past 11. Organisers of the Hong Kong Marathon say 25,000 runners will line up for the race in February. They can start to sign up from early next month. Joanne Wong has more details. The city's biggest mass participation sporting event, last held in October last year, will return in February. In the statement, the Hong Kong Association of Athletics Affiliates says the 25th of Hong Kong Marathon has been officially granted approval and will be held on Sunday, February the 12th. It'll have a tentative enrollment quota of 25,000. Organizers thanked all the parties involved for making the race possible. Similar to previous years, there will be three categories, a marathon race, half marathon and a 10K run, with overseas elite athletes being invited. The race will follow its traditional route, with both the marathon and half marathon starting from Nathan Road in Chimcha Choi, while the 10K race will begin at the Island Eastern Corridor. All the races will finish at Victoria Park. Registration details will be announced later, and people will be able to sign up in phases from early next month. Before the pandemic, the annual event had drawn more than 70,000 runners. Organizers last month cancelled plans to hold the marathon in November this year, saying the fact that the government hadn't given final approval left too little time to conclude arrangements. But in a U-turn soon after, they pushed for the event in February, saying the administration had given its full support for that. A 26-year-old former engineer has been jailed for five years after admitting stabbing a policeman during a riot in Causeway Bay two years ago. District Court Judge Frankie Yu said Wong Kwan Wah was among 300 people who took part in a protest which turned into a 10-minute riot on July the 1st, 2020, less than 24 hours after the national security law took effect. Maggie Ho reports. The court heard that Wong stabbed the officer in the arm with a folding knife as the policeman tried to subdue Lo Kwok Sum, another defendant in the case. Hours after the assault, he boarded a plane bound for the United Kingdom, but was arrested by the police before it took off. Wong had earlier pleaded guilty to taking part in a riot and wounding the officer with intent. In mitigation, his lawyer said Wong was born to a poor family and had worked hard to achieve what he had. The lawyer described him as kind and loving, saying he was not a leader in a protest but made a mistake out of recklessness. Sentencing Wong, the judge noted the injury could have cost the officer his life. 
adding that his career development has also been affected because he's since been deployed to administrative work. The judge said the case was of a serious nature, but said he had taken into account Wong's guilty plea and his clear criminal record. Sentencing for Law, who's 20, was adjourned until the end of this month, pending a report. Another co-defendant in the case, 21-year-old Percy Chow, was sentenced to 33 months in jail for rioting and obstructing the police. Senior health advisor Liang Wanyan says Beijing's dynamic zero-COVID policy has proven to be effective, feasible and scientific over the past three years. Speaking at a news conference in Beijing ahead of the 20th Communist Party Congress, Mr Liang said authorities can't let their guard down because of emerging COVID variants. China has an ultra-low infection rate and because of the vaccination, we have capability of immunity, but because of the variants, we cannot drop the vigilance. So if we drop the policy of dynamic zero COVID, there will certainly be a large number of infected people. For those elderly people and those suffering from underlying diseases, it is highly likely that there will be a rising number of death cases and severe symptoms. We cannot tolerate that coming. That's why we must do our utmost to curb it from transmission. National Health Commission official Lei Zhenglong told the same briefing that authorities will continue to strengthen COVID-19 prevention and control and resolutely guard against large-scale outbreaks. South Korea's Human Rights Commission has called on the government to build more mental health facilities, noting the current centres can care for just 2% of people with severe mental health issues. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. A recent report from researchers at Harvard University noted serious mental health challenges in South Korea, with 95% of adults reporting feeling stress. South Korea also has the highest suicide rates among wealthy countries. On Thursday, the government's human rights watchdog said more mental health treatment centres are desperately needed, adding that the facilities that do exist are understaffed, with family members filling the gaps in care. The current centres serve just over 7,000 people, while more than 300,000 people need immediate help. The Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky says his country only has about 10% of what it needs in terms of air defences to protect it from Russian attacks. He told an audience of European parliamentarians that he expected further support, including help from France and Italy. It follows delivery from Germany of an advanced air defence system and confirmation from the US that they'll also be delivering new surface-to-air defence systems. Our own air defence capabilities are not enough for us. Germany has given us this possibility now, as I said, this IRIS-T, the first system, has already been delivered. The United States have confirmed their support with new NASAMS air defence systems. We would very much like the support to be much higher. We expect powerful steps from France and Italy, where they could also help us. Rescuers in the city of Mykolaiv in southern Ukraine have pulled out a boy who was trapped for six hours under the rubble of a residential building that was hit by a Russian missile. The boy, who's reported to be 11 or 12, is receiving medical treatment. Elsewhere, Ukrainian officials say critical infrastructure near the capital Kyiv was attacked by explosive drones. Eugene is a Ukrainian soldier. He said Russia was trying to force Ukraine into submission, but it wouldn't work. The damage is really random. They're trying to scare us, but... They don't realize that they're actually making us more angry. 
if it comes to that, Ukraine is ready to fight this war for a very, very long time. We're not going to back up. We're not going to uh, give up our territories for a fountain peace with this rogue state of Russia. Judges in Iran have been instructed to give tough sentences to people regarded as leading the current wave of mass protests. The head of the judiciary called on judges not to show what he described as misplaced compassion towards people arrested during the demonstrations. An international study says human activity is devastating wildlife across the globe, with wild animal populations diving 70% since 1970. The Living Planet Index, produced by the Worldwide Fund for Nature, says Latin America and the Caribbean, some of the world's most biodiverse regions, have seen the worst losses of nearly 95%. The head of WWF UK, Tanya Steele, says the scale of loss cannot be underestimated. It is a stark warning for us. If wildlife and its habitats don't survive, then neither will we. And if we were to treat the human population as one species that we were monitoring, it would be the equivalent of wiping out the entire populations of China, Europe, Oceania, the Americas combined. This is a devastating set of impacts for our natural world and we have seen very little action from world leaders. Today, Greenland's ice cap is the single biggest contributor to global sea level rise. Arctic temperatures have risen faster than anywhere else and what happens to the ice sheet and glaciers will impact the rest of the globe. In the north of Greenland, people have lived and thrived in one of the world's toughest environments, but local communities are experiencing deep anxiety linked to the change to the world around them. Gala Rekmateasen is a fisherman in the coastal town of Iludisat, 250 kilometres north of the Arctic Circle. This is your only... Each season is not how it used to be. Over the years, I especially noticed that the icebergs have been getting smaller and weaker. Of course I was very worried when I started to notice that the ice barrier was getting weaker and witnessing such an astronomical change in the climate. And the football used by the late Argentine player Diego Maradona to score one of the greatest World Cup goals, as well as one of the most notorious, is being put up for sale. The auctioneers in Britain estimate it could fetch about three million US dollars. The BBC's Andy Swiss has the story. It was at the 1986 World Cup that Diego Maradona punched the ball into the net using the hand of God, as he famously put it, before dribbling through most of the England team to score a superb second goal. The ball he used has since been owned by the game's Tunisian referee, Ali bin Nasser. But next month, he's putting it up for auction with an estimated price of between $2.7 and $3.3 million. It feels like it's the right time to be sharing it with the world, said Mr bin Nasser, adding that he hoped the buyer would put it on display. A reminder of our top stories tonight, dancing and live performances will be allowed again in bars and clubs from next Thursday and health officials say the new Covid subvariant XBB.1 could become the dominant strain in Hong Kong. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Heavenly shades of night are falling it's twilight time Out of the mist your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains mark the end of day I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time 
Yes, indeed. Welcome to 45 minutes of really chilled back music, something you can just take it easy to. If you've had a bit of a hard day, you've come to the right place. And if you'd like to choose a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. First up for you tonight in this edition of Twilight Time is a lovely song from Kong Ling. Sweet as you, as sweet as you. 